You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, Judy, the U.S. schools are facing a mass exodus of teachers. So as we have summer upcoming and then we have school year coming, the teachers aren't coming back. They've been off for a couple of years, basically. I mean, a lot of them have been doing, uh, I guess, video kind of teaching, but some haven't been doing any teaching at all. They've been getting their paycheck. And now that they're going back to the classroom, a lot of them are taking their retirement and many of them are not returning. And they can't really, and there's also, isn't there also a shortage of the new crop of teachers so there, it's not like the, the youth uh, who are choosing their vocation in life are not choosing to be an educator any longer. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I wonder but, what they're going to do. Yeah. Who's going to teach our kids? We might have to teach them ourselves. Well, How about I, that? And I'm okay with that. But, Me but I mean, I wonder what the teachers, when, when they leave teaching, what, what else will they do? That, that would be interesting. Or will they... Or will they change to the different kind of schools? And that's something I do want to talk about. But, you know, I, why are they leaving? What's your thoughts? Well, um, it's definitely not. I, it's a volatile environment now. When you look at, um, okay, so when you and I were kids, or even when, when, uh, when my kids we're kids. So my, my uh, oldest, right. I have a 16 year old and a 22 year old. Right. Um, but there is a level of disrespect between students and teachers. There's a huge level of disrespect for really any authority at all in our, uh, in our nation, any authority. And so you have teachers who are trying to guide and um, control, right? Uh, and teach a class of, you know, anywhere from 24 to 38 to 42 kids, right? Right. And it becomes more crowd control than it, than it becomes actual teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, you, you know, there is, there used to be a level of respect. There was a line in the sand that you didn't cross with your teacher. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I went to Catholic school. They used to smack us. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I remember, you know, the fear of, of uh, you know, getting sent up to the principal's office and he had a paddle in his, yeah. office, you know, now um, I, I understand, you know, we're not, obviously we're not supposed to hit children. Right. But there needs to be, there does need to be some sort of control or consequences. Right. Um, and then there's a lot of confusion. Now you have the, the poor kid who is in middle school, right. And he's suspended and being brought up on sexual harassment charges for calling his classmate, a girl identifies differently. So the things that they have to deal with. It's not just Johnny, you know, hit 
you know, Tommy in the mouth, right? Anymore. <laughs> it, no. It's either, you know, I don't even know how I would ha- be able to deal with that issue. Here he has grown up with this little girl. They've grown up together, right? Since kindergarten, they're in middle, and she's always been a girl. And right. all of a sudden, she decides she's not going to identify as a girl any longer. And, and, um, she complains and, and, uh, presses charges that he's calling her a girl. So, I mean, as a teacher though, think of all of the craziness, the crazy things, honestly, that you have to deal with. And it's not just reading, writing and and arithmetic any longer, right? That you have to deal with aside from that. You're supposed to be teaching these kids, you know, the, the teacher's that there's so much that they can't do in the way of discipline to the kids because the parents complain and and there's no accountability on the part of the kids anymore. If they don't want to do something or if they don't want to obey something, they just don't do it. And the teachers almost have no recourse. So, you know, we've really tied their hands and teachers, you know, as you and I were talking about teachers get attacked in the classroom they get verbally abused in the, in the classroom. There, there's just so much going on. You know, when I was in school, like I say, I went to Catholic school. We had 60 kids in our class. That class was well-behaved. We all learned. We had an extremely effective and good education because we had discipline, because we respected the teacher, because our parents made us respect the teachers, the teachers, uh, they didn't take any guff off the kids. And if any was given out, they, they, you got sent to the principal's office and there were consequences. So what were those consequences? Well, it depends on what school you went to. You had a paddle. I don't know if we had a paddle or not. I never got paddled at school, but, um, I, we, the, the nuns had rulers and you'd have to put your hand out and they would slap your knuckles with that ruler. You know, it wasn't any kind of abuse. It wasn't so much painful as it was embarrassing. And the peer pressure keeps people in line, but they don't do that anymore. Now it's, you know, everybody gets a trophy uh, you can't have a spelling bee because somebody's feelings might be hurt because they didn't win. We we have just taken all of the, all of the things that make people stay in line and behave and, and taken it away. You know, it, I remember this little boy, his name was Dean in my classes in grammar school. And he was a problem the whole time I was in school. He just was that problem kid. When I look at the problems that kid caused it wasn't a hundredth of what any kid causes today, but we considered him a problem and he stayed in line because of peer pressure and because the teachers didn't put up with it. You know, Dean, get up to the front of the classroom and sit up here or go in the back and sit in the back or do whatever they did. It, it, it worked. But now the parents, they come in and they, they criticize the teacher and don't do that to my kid. Mm-hmm. I, you you can't have an effective classroom that way. Oh no, you can't. There's it's like they've stripped them of all, really all authority, right? They've stripped them of um, any of the tools that they need to use to 
um, guide and um, teach these children, not, you know, obviously not just, um, um, you know, reading, writing and arithmetic, you did learn character when you were in school, right? You did. And, you know, there were, there was a moral compass, there was a right and a wrong. And now what is, you know, what was right is wrong. And what was wrong is right now is being taught, right? As if, right. As if, right. And um, I, I don't know if it's because you have um, a certain political parties trying to push their political ideologies within the school system, uh, trying to um, really indoctrinate our children from jump, you know, right from kindergarten right. on that they're trying to get these different policies and different ideas um, put into the textbooks and put into, um, you know, trying to make it more mainstream that, the, you know, this is normal. Um, and, and I think that it's confusing for children. If you bring it, boil it down to the basics, children feel safe and secure when they have boundaries. It's very simple. It is not, that's not new. Okay. It's in every single behavioral book that you've ever read, right? Children who have anxiety and have major issues have no boundaries in their life. Right. right? You're absolutely right. And it's very, you just boil it down. Boundaries make children feel safe and secure. Um, they like to know what's coming next. They might, they, they, they need to know what's going to happen next. Right. And what, it, what it's going to be. They, and those boundaries make them feel safe. And if they're safe, then they're, they can learn, right. Yep. And they can relax and they can listen to what you have to say. But when there's chaos at home and then chaos at school, they're not going to learn. They're going to be concerned about surviving. Okay. And surviving that, um, social, um, hierarchy, right. The social setting, figuring out, you know, okay, if I'm bad, then that's good. Cause right now in our society, being bad is actually good. Right. Well, it seems celebrated. like it, it's gotta be very confusing for both the teachers and the kids with all of this, like you say, the indoctrination curriculum, they've been indoctrinating kids for a lot of years, but it's, it's gotten suddenly very much worse. I'll give you an example that I just saw today, which I, I'm horrified with. So you know how we all had flashcards and love the flashcards. I, I, I just think that's one of the best ways of teaching. So what do they have on the flashcard for preschool kids as they're teaching them their colors? The, the card for the color white is white. The card's white. And on, on that card is a picture. Okay, you have to picture this as a caricature of a pregnant man. And behind the pregnant man with her arms wrapped around him, would be the woman. So in, in our world, I think Judy, when we grew up, it would be the reverse. There would be a man holding on to his pregnant wife. Now it is a 
woman holding on to a pregnant man. This is what the, they, the flashcard looks like for the word white. Excuse me. I'm confused. I'm completely confused. Yeah. Well, we all any should be that, completely confused. What does any of that have to do with being with white, with the, with the, the color white? What is it even? The card is white. That's the only thing that I can tell you. I, I, I I'm just, I, I can, Where you know, this? every day that I think I can't be more shocked, I'm more shocked. The teachers, you know, my, my first instinct on this was honestly to blame the teachers because I, I think the teachers in many cases have done a real disservice to our kids by going along with this program because they're part of the union. So let, we've got to do this curriculum that teaches the kids the 16, 19 stuff and, and the, the, that, that we're all racist and that uh, children of color can't do math and that we can't uh, honor or, or help out the kids that can excel and let them excel. You know, we're, we're doing so much wrong in the schools. And the teachers, I think if the teachers uh, rebelled against that, that it wouldn't be happening, but instead they just go along with the program. I don't know if that's why teachers are leaving because they're tired of that. I hope that's part of it. The mm -hmm. article that I read said that a lot of it had to do with the pandemic and the, the fact that they had to, you know, teach from home and th that they just got frustrated and tired of, of the whole thing. I don't know. They, they took the money while, while they were basically off work for a couple of years. So I don't, I, I don't know what the reason is. I'd like to know what the reasons are, why these teachers are, are quitting. But my, my gut tells me, and I think it's the same thing yours tells you is that they're tired of all the, the, the garbage they're being having to teach the, the, the way that they can't discipline the fact that they can't get order in their classroom and the fact that they can't teach reading, writing, arithmetic, history, social studies without it being all this other gobbledygook going on. Right. When you think about, um, so the mass exodus is really um, that these teachers are retiring or retiring early. So you have to ask yourself, so if they're in the retirement age, they're older, right? So a lot of these teachers actually lived through an era, they might've lived through an era where it wasn't all crazy like this, right? That they actually got to teach, they used to get to teach and they don't get to teach any longer. Um, and um, so now we we're gonna be faced with a new crop of educators and, and I'm hoping and praying that, I don't, I don't really know you know, with the new, new group of educators coming out of college, right? Um, I do know that numbers are down, right? People right. are not choosing that, like I said, as a vocation any longer, is there, you know, um, and I think, and I can see why somehow it all, it needs to be truly um, overhauled, but that's why personally, I love school, school of choice, you know? Oh, I do too. I do too. And the Biden administration is putting so many regulations on them. They're not going to be able to, to exist if, if we don't make some quick changes. One of the things that the teachers are saying, and rightfully so, is that 
with the kids coming back now after the COVID time off, that the kids have so many problems. They're so behind. They, oh. they are frustrated. They are depressed. They, they, they're, they're behind. They're, they're behind the classmates or brothers and sisters that went through normal time in, in that age group. And, and the kids are having issues. So they're manifesting in ways of troublesome behavior or depression, you know, so the teachers are overwhelmed and they, they don't know how to deal with it and they don't want to deal with it anymore because they, they themselves are frustrated and overwhelmed. They are. It's, it's just, it's too difficult. It's too hard. I, I think that, that we as conservative women mm-hmm. and as conservative men mm-hmm. that, that we need to develop our own schools that teach our kids the things that we want them to teach and the things that they need to teach to grow into, um, you know, successful, effective adults. And, and that's what I'd like to see and not have all of this other garbage taught and not have that union, you know, right. controlling everything that happens and, and with the alternate history and the, the mm-hmm. things that they're putting in the textbooks and just teach what they need the kids to learn. Exactly. I think, and also, and it goes back to, um, and we've talked about this before, but as a parent, Um, you know, we need to be involved in the school board. We need to go to the school board meetings. We need to run for the school board. If we don't like what's happening within our district, Um, I've had the luxury um, and I want to say luxury, but I work my butt off. Okay. And make a huge sacrifice to put my children in private school. We make a huge financial sacrifice to put our children in, in a private school. And the question is, well, what, why do you put your children in, in private school? And the reason why is just this. In the school that I chose for them, I understand and know clearly what they're being taught. And I participate. Got it. So, um, so it, it's, it's uh, and, and, and I understand that the schools is, you know, that they're going to, they went to, they grew up at Lansing Christian and now Carefree Christian Academy, and they're growing up with godly morals, godly values. Um, but if I couldn't afford that, I would definitely be involved. I would be, you know, on the board, I would be volunteering, I would be understanding what it is they're learning, how they're learning. Um, it's up to me as a parent, right? So that's what it boils down to. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. There are microbes in the air and they're in your house and the Genesis Fogger is the solution. This is a mobile fogger that uses a unique technology to give a non-toxic dry mist 
to cleanse the air and cleanse your rooms of microbes, whether they be bacterial, fungal, or viral, including SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. So go to the Genesis Fogger website and use the promo code OUTLOUD for a discount on your purchase of the model and get going with a cleaner house as there could be more microbes on the way. We're concerned about not only the current pandemic, but future ones. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. And I'm Linda Martinelli. I am a business owner and a mom. And I am located in Texas. I am also the host of Talking While Married, along with my husband, Dr. Ron Martinelli, a forensic criminologist, every weeknight right here on America Out Loud. So please join us there. And I am with my bestie, uh, yes. Judy Moran, <laughs> who is the Director of Client Relations at the 12-week year. And she's also the vice president of her house, <laughs> a mom uh, married, and she hails from now Arizona. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, and that's a new development for you, Judy. It is. I'm loving it. I love Arizona. It's oh, amazing. Good. Everybody has to have seen uh, the horrific shooting in Uvalde, Texas, which is only about 80 miles from my home in Texas. And that's not a subject that, that I really am going to discuss today, Judy. I, but I do want to discuss some of the inevitable results from that event. And that is the immediate call for uh, the curbing or elimination of our Second Amendment rights to bear arms. And, you know, while we had that horrific case, and it was, there's lots of different reasons I'm sure, and as investigations are still going on, we're not going to, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to second guess. I want the investigations to get done and then we can discuss the reasons, the whys and the wherefores. But when you talk about taking away our second amendment rights so that these don't ha things don't happen, I have to tell you that I just spent the last week in Mexico and while I'm there, and I was in Puerto Vallarta, I feel very safe there. I feel very safe there because the police are a presence there and they are very well armed and equipped there. I also am aware that the criminals there are very well armed and there is no guns allowed by civilians in, in Mexico. But do they have them? Oh, you bet they have them. So when you tell me that you want to take away my second amendment right to bear arms, 
that doesn't go over very well with me because I want to be able to protect myself against somebody with, with a gun or somebody with a knife or somebody with that's bigger than I am or whatever this situation is. And a perfect example just happened where a man, and you know what? I don't have all the facts and figures. So it's, this is a nutshell version. A man, uh, got in an argument with somebody, came back with a gun, shot into a crowd. I unbelievably did not injure people. I either was a very bad shot or, I mean, those people were incredibly lucky, but a woman who had a, a license to carry pulled out her gun and shot him dead. She saved many, many lives. That is why we are entitled to our second amendment. That is why I am entitled to carry my firearm when I go out so that I can protect myself and my family. And so I can, in my home, I can protect myself and my family. One thing has nothing to do with the other. The gun doesn't shoot itself. It takes a person with intent to shoot it. And it takes a person with intent to kill people. And it's not the gun. It is the behavior of the person. That's what our conversation in this country needs to be. Really. I agree with you. I, um, so when I look at, and we're not, we're not going to talk about it in detail, but I look at the horrific um, act of the, of the school shooter. Okay. If the, I know that president Biden used that platform that day to uh, further his agenda of trying to take all of our guns away. Okay. Um, He used that horrific situation just to further his own political agenda of, of removing our rights to own um, guns as if, as if that person, if, if we, if he couldn't have whatever, if he wasn't allowed and it was outlawed for that person to not, you know, to be able to have guns, that that whole situation wouldn't have happened, which is a complete lie. When you look at Columbine, which was, I believe the very first situation like this, those boys had, had bombs also. They had gone on the internet and researched how to create um, bombs to take with them. So if they couldn't get their hands on guns and ammunition, they were still going to be able to create a weapon that would that would cause destruction. Okay. So, and I don't, I, I, when, are you going to actually tell me that because we pass laws um, where you know regular citizens cannot own a, a gun or ammunition, that um, then nobody will ever get a hold of a gun or ammunition and do these horrific deeds? That is such a lie. It is such a crazy lie. I would rather be able to. Uh, have, I mean, both Brian and I have guns. Um, They are in our home. They are locked up. They are secure. They're legal. Everything we have is legal. Um, 
but I definitely want to be able to, um, protect myself and protect my children, protect my home. Um, and there was a reason why it's in our constitution that we have the right to bear arms. Well, the re the reason why it's in our constitution is because back in the days when they wrote that, that there, the idea was that if you couldn't bear arms, the government can come in and take you over and do whatever they want. And it was to protect the people from the government. And we still need that protection. But it, it's also, you know, today, let's, let's be real about today. Today, we have our district attorneys and our judges letting people out after committing crime after crime after crime. And what do they do after they get let out? They escalate and they go to the next level of crime, the next level of crime. We would not have all of these behavior issues if they stopped these people at the get-go. Right. And they used to do that. When, when I was in the police department, we had uh, broken windows policing. And what broken windows policing is, is that if somebody that here's the theory behind it, if somebody breaks a window and nobody does anything, they're going to come back tomorrow and they're going to break another window. And then they're going to come back and they're going to break a few more windows. And then they're going to set the building on fire. And then they're, they, they just keep escalating. This is what's happening today. We don't want to punish anybody or hold them accountable for their behavior. So I have to be able to protect myself. I have to be able to protect my home, my kids, my family. And because who's going to do it? Our government is defunding the police, mm -hmm. right? They're, right. They're, they're not giving them the training they need. They're not giving us enough police. And by the way, nobody wants to be one anymore because they're all getting prosecuted for everything that they do. So who's going to protect us? And, and, and that's the idea. So, so no, they, they're not going to take our guns away. Um, that just the, some of these, some of these celebrities that talk about this as though they, they're on some ethical soapbox have bodyguards for heaven's sakes. Right. Oh yes. They're all protected. The politicians and the celebrities have their own slew of, you know, the whole security detail to protect them, which is so, but they but don't live in our world, right? They don't live. They don't live in our world. They really do not live in our world. They don't have to deal with the things that we have to deal with. I, um, Oh my gosh. It just drives me. It just drives me insane to, to, so what do they think? They, I, I wish, I do wish, um, I would love to talk to somebody who actually believes that we should give up our right to bear arms. Truly. I would, because I, I don't, I can't understand. I'm trying to understand why they would choose that, why they think that would be a good thing, what it would do. I, I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to achieve. It, do they think that th that would be the end to all violence, all gun violence, if we didn't have guns? I think they do think that. I think that they're extremely naive into thinking that. And you can look at any other country that that has no gun laws. Let's take, um, I don't know, let's take Iran, where the, the okay. citizenry cannot hold 
or cannot oh. carry weapons. Do you not think that there's all kinds of murders going on there? Let's take England. What do they do in England? Instead, they stab people. Right. People right. are running people down in vehicles. They had 80, was it 80 some people that were killed by that vehicle in France that, that ran through the crowd. Um, so people find a way. That's, that's not the issue. There are so many other issues to talk about. If you want to talk about school shootings, then, then let's have a conversation about that and, and how to prevent that. And, and when you can tell me that there are no signs that somebody was going to commit this, this act or any other act, and, and nobody knew anything, that hasn't been borne out from investigations. So, so let's talk about how do we recognize the signs and, and not have it happen? And how do we um, prevent all the errors that are made by people along the way that you can point to on the back end of something? Instead of talking about taking away a legal right that we have in the constitution to bear arms. That if, if they did that, Judy, if we gave up all of our guns, yeah. we, we would be totally vulnerable to take over by another country. When, when asked Japan, when Japan was asked why they didn't come over from Hawaii after bombing Pearl Harbor, come over mm -hmm. to the mainland because they had the element of surprise, why did mm -hmm. they keep going? They said, because everybody there is armed. Yeah, right. We're, they can't just waltz in. You're not just going to waltz in. No. They're, but to the point of that, that these hor horrific things wouldn't happen if, you know, if we couldn't bear arms is, is a lie and it, it's completely untrue. The, these people suffer from mental illness. They, to go in and kill, to mass murder children, to, to mass murder anybody, to, to just randomly kill people, okay? Just to randomly kill people, there is such a horrific pain that is happening in their hearts and in their minds. They are completely broken. And you're right. There has to be there. They didn't just wake up. They were fine yesterday and woke up today broken. Okay. This isn't an act that occurs on the spur of the moment. This is an act that is planned out, that is talked about, that is um, dreamed about, that's written about, right? Um, that's researched of course, on the internet of how to do these things. And I know that if this person, these people could not get any access, which would, they could, even if guns and ammunition were outlawed in the United States of America, it would just be the bad, you know, people that could get it on the black market. They would figure out how it would only be the black, like the cartel in Mexico. In Mexico, it's the cartel, right? Right. Um, that can, you know, controls all of the guns, right? So you really want a gun, you can get a gun for sure. 
So it's only the people, you're only keeping the guns from the law abiding people is what exactly. you're doing. That's all you're doing. The, the, these people, these kids who go into the school and they shoot them up, they would go in with knives and bombs and other, other, you know, other weapons to destroy life because that's what they wanted to do. They want to destroy life because they are so in so much pain. Yes. Um, and so, you know, you and I and Becky had talked about our mental health crisis here in America. Um, and it's huge. I think we have a huge mental health problem and, you know, we just got done talking about why teachers are retiring and, you know, there's like this mass exodus. And yet, um, I, I think that mental illness plays a big part in our children's lives now. Right. And in a way that, I mean, when we were kids, when you and I were kids, it just wasn't as prevalent. Now our children have anxiety, right? They have dyslexia, they have ADHD, they have depression. They, I mean, none of that was ever talked about. I had ADHD when I was a kid. And I just remember all my report cards was Judy was daydreaming again, you know, <laughs> I would get distracted a little bit, or I would talk a lot. Can you imagine me talking a lot? No, never. But, no, <laughs> but, but you know what? So that's a good point, Judy, with that, nobody coddled you and gave you drugs to take care of it. Yeah. Uh, your mom probably said, Judy, pay attention in school. We don't do that anymore. We, we call the hell wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, snap out of it. I'm going to put you on restriction. Um, Yeah, no, there was consequences for for bad grades. And and I'm not saying, you know, our parents beat us back in the day, but there was consequences for not doing the things that were expected of you. And if you really and truly couldn't do it, you know, I have to say that my teachers would have noticed and oh, yeah. they would have taken some steps to remediate that mm-hmm. student in some way. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that it's changed so much. I honestly, I wouldn't want to send my kids to schools the way they are now. I would definitely choose a private school. And I would definitely check it out very thoroughly and check out the curriculum. Uh, because I, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's anything like the schooling that we had. And I, and, you know, another thing that's different to to my mind is we keep backing away, backing away, backing away from religion. Mm -hmm. And I know having gone to a Catholic school, religion was a big part of our curriculum, Uh, prayer, uh, talking about the 10 commandments, what's right, what's wrong. Those are huge things that was my roadmap in life. And to this day, it's my roadmap in life. Mm-hmm. What a helpful thing that gave me to, to have that roadmap to say, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. That's not something I'd ever do. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, the, 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 the 
kind of the, gave me the rules of the road in life. Mm-hmm. I, I feel it, like it, our kids it, are it, not getting that. It was, a, it was an accepted moray. Okay. And that's how we lived our life. And if you, uh, you know, if you didn't, right, then there were consequences. I think that, um, well, besides you know, going straight to hell, which we all right, were afraid of, right. you know, but, but, you know, but we were afraid of it. Right. I was, I was brought up, I, I went to public school and then I ended up going to Catholic school. And I just have to say that, you know, having God in my life, believing in Jesus Christ, reading his word, um, trying my best to apply it to my life is imperative, um, to the success that I have in my, in my, uh, personal life, as well as my professional life. And because there were times when, uh, I was a kid, when I made a different choice, I made a different choice than, uh, my peer made than my friend made, or even a different choice than my sister made because not because it was right or wrong. Okay. But because I believed in God and I believed what Jesus was telling me was true. Okay. And I did it because I knew it was what he wanted me to do, not because it was what I wanted to do. And, um, it kept me from making some really horrific mistakes that I watched my sister make. And I watched my friends make, Um, and I realized that, you know, it wasn't, it's not that God doesn't want me to have a good time. Okay. God is crazy about me. He loves me. And I'm probably one of the most fun people you'll ever meet. I'm so much crazy fun, but (laughs) but there it's, it's not that he, he, he's given us these rules or these boundaries to, um, take away our fun and our joy and our pleasure. He understands that those things cause pain, great destruction in our personal lives when, when we vary from it. So the whole, okay, thou shall not lie. Okay. Just, okay. So just lying, just lying, you know, lying could make things a lot easier for people, but in the end, it never does. It only no. causes pain. That's, you know, so that's, he, he does, he wants us to have joy. Um, and parents, parents are going to need to think about how their kids are going to get educated in these upcoming few years when we're, when we're losing our teachers and what they're going to be learning and how they want their children to grow up. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. You can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. 
Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All righty. Well, I am very excited. So, yep, we, we uh, as you know, we relocated our main um, home here in Carefree, Arizona, which I just absolutely love it here. I love the people. I love the weather. I love everything. Um, and I still love my Michigan. Born and raised there. Um, and I love my people. I love growing up in Michigan. And I'm so glad that my children, that I raised them there because I do believe that Midwestern people are a little hardier. (laughs) 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 They kind of roll with the punches a little easier than maybe on the two coasts. That's, that's my, uh, no offense to anybody out there, but, uh, uh, I think if you can survive, you know, 17 below tundra, right. For, yeah, I don't want to do that. No, <laughs> and still have a good life. I think that you can you can survive anything, but um, just they just I feel like they just don't let too much too much bother them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of drama. Um, but um, so we're going to be headed. We we still have a little teeny tiny cottage uh, up in, uh, old mission peninsula up in Traverse city, Michigan. It's right on the beautiful Lake. I am so excited. It's, and I mean, teeny tiny, it was built in 1972. You know, it had, when we bought it, it still had all that Brown paneling. Do you remember all that Brown? Oh yeah. Uh huh. I just painted it white. We didn't, you know, we just painted it white, but, um, no air conditioning, right? It's a two butt kitchen. That's what we call it, but it's right on the water and we have the beach and, um, it is just, we've been able to anchor our children there. It's simple, quiet, happy. Um, so we're going to load up one car. So we've got Gab or not Gabby. We've got Emma, our 16 year old, Brian and I, we've got two dogs and a cat and we're going to load up the car and drive home to Michigan and stay at the cottage for two glorious months. Isn't that fun? Oh my gosh. I'm jealous. I can't wait. And to see all of my, my Michigan family and friends, and I call it 
we actually call it the healing place. It's because it's so simple and wonderful um, and quiet and just happy. I just always become rejuvenated there. But I have to tell you, I am a little concerned about how much it's going to cost me to drive from carefree Arizona all the way to Traverse City, Michigan. It's going to be a 30-hour drive. We're going to have to make two overnight stops. We're going to stay at the Holiday Inn Express, okay, <laughs> that accepts pets because we've got a few, right? Oh, um, my gosh. With all those animals? I know. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> going to be an adventure. And by the way, you know, gas went up, uh, I think, just this, just last week in time for, in time for your trip, 13 more cents a just gallon. In just in time. Oh, I... You know, and I, I know Biden's doing everything he can, right? <laughs> is that facetious? It is. <laughs> totally. Yeah. He's <laughs> shutting down the pipelines and he's, yeah. he's uh, telling us that we all just, it's just going to be a, a, a new time for us and a lesson for us. Oh, no, I don't think so. Judy, I have to tell you that, that while you're doing that, while you're driving to one section of the country, I'll be driving to the other. With yeah. my husband my and my dog, but in our RV, which is going to take a fortune of gas. I'm very concerned also about the gas. So I'm headed from Texas to California to do business there. And um, it's, it's unnerving. Not only are the gas prices horrendous, horrendous. There were, they, they showed uh, $8 a gallon at some places in California, but the RV stops where you stop, and also I'm sure the hotels where you're going to stop are at much higher prices than they were. So an RV spot that used to be $35 is now $72. Oh my so it all adds up to be a very expensive trip, and it's very concerning. Oh my gosh, completely. And, you know, for us, we're, we'll just, you know, we have the ability right now, praise God, that we will make, you know, other sacrifices, right? You know, we're just there. We'll, we'll have to try and save money in other places, right? Right. To be able to afford to drive all the way back to Michigan. But I, I think about all the families, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have vacation vacations, right? We didn't fly anywhere. We didn't go to Florida. We didn't, you know, we got in the car and we took a family road trip is what we did, right? We could, that was the cheap way as a family who didn't have a lot of money, right? We would pack sandwiches and, and pop and, um, you know, snacks and, and we'd go to the campgrounds, right? And we'd camp as a family and it was fun, but, but, and that used to be the cheap way to take your vacation, but now you can't do that as you know, a family who is really pinched for cash, which every family is now. Um, first off, you like we just discussed the, the gasoline, but the food prices are are completely out of control now. And they're getting worse, aren't they? Oh, they're getting terribly worse. And and the prediction is that they're going to get much worse. 
what the farmers are telling us is that we have no idea what's headed our way, that, that we are going to be paying much, much more. So just this week, I came home from Puerto Vallarta, uh, which is, which is our little place. So we have a little place there that um, is on the beach as well. And little, just one bedroom, the food there, I felt really bad for the Mexican people, honestly, because I love them there. And our dollar is double their peso. So, you know, we got to eat very cheaply there. And my husband and I were talking about, man, we, we got to go live over there because, you know, it's getting too expensive here. But we came home and we had nothing in the refrigerator. So we thought well, on the way home, we'll stop at a grocery store before we get home. Our bill was 300 and some dollars. And I'm looking like, like what did we buy? You I know. know. What did we, we buy? I mean, as far as, you know, we, we, we did buy four whole chickens, which okay. they don't cost that much, but they cost a lot more than they used to. And we, we, and we bought four very tiny um, steaks, um, not big, you know, mm-hmm. heavy steaks, but four little teeny tiny steaks. As far as everything else was, you know, vegetables, um, fruit, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I was, excuse me, that can't be right. And I'm looking at the, the receipt and it's right. It's just, it, that's yeah. scary because when that money is gone for the food, you mm-hmm. still have to pay your electric bill. You still mm-hmm. have to pay your, you know, if you have other things, if you have um, cable TV, or if you have uh, a gardener, or if you have whatever you have that, that makes your household work, your internet, right? All right. This, you still have to pay them and they're all going up. Everything's going up. Right. So let's talk about that just for a minute. Okay. So um, you have, so I have a, a, a cleaning lady whom I love. Okay. She's amazing. And now out here, um, we've just hired a gardener. Okay. So it's, it is when you think about how this is actually going to affect. So everybody everywhere is going to tighten their belts. All right. When everything that I'm reading is that we're definitely headed for a recession. Okay. So in that recession, everybody, Every single walk of life will tighten their belt. So what do you think, you know, people will start to, you know, obviously get rid of or put on hold? Let's see. I think I can clean my own house, right? I can clean my own house because I'm not going to stop eating food and I'm not going to stop, right? I'm not going to stop paying for electricity, right? I may cut down on my cable, but I can clean my own house and I can probably do my own gardening, right? For the next six months or the next year. Right. So those two people have lost, right? Yes. One of the best customers, one of their best customers. And on top of that, so they're not only losing business, right? Now they also have to pay more for their food and their electricity and their gas and just, just breathing, just living life. And, and they are losing, they're going to be losing their way of life. And I, and for president Biden to say, well, it's just the, the cost that we have to pay to transition to a greener America. 
is not right. That is not right. No, it's not right. And I so agree with you because we have had a gardener for years and, and we just, um, we didn't let him go, but we have eliminated the majority of the times that he comes and my husband is back to doing it himself. And the same thing, we, we had a, a lady come and clean and we have changed her to every other week. Mm-hmm. So it, who did it affect the most? It, it's inconvenient for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more so for them, much more right. than inconvenient. It's, it's their livelihood that, mm-hmm. is, that is being taken away. So who is getting hurt here? Again, is the the lower class, the the middle class, those are the people that are getting the brunt of this. So, mm-hmm. you know, the the guy that has to put gas in his gas powered um, equipment to be a gardener is paying yeah. twice as much. He's either going to raise the price and then he's going to end up getting laid off by his customers. I mean, this is a mess. And, and the, the economics of it, the mathematics of it don't work the way that they're saying that they work. What works? What President Trump did worked really well. You know, let, let's raise up the people at the top because when they go up, everybody goes up. I mean, when you fill a glass of water, the float in it, everything goes up. If you have it full of uh, bubbles, they all go up. It's not, it's not the economics that they're trying to convince us that it is. Because what right now what's happening is as we go down, everybody goes down. And that's the problem that, that we have. They, they have been always, they've always been wrong with their economic policies. You know, tax the rich, Right. They, they they vilify anybody who makes a good income, yet those are the people that bring everybody up with them. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 